So as Nate said, we're in a new series called Fresh Bread. Um, and so if you've got a Bible or a phone or you brought something with you, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. And I do have some fresh bread up here today. Does anybody eat bread anymore? I know it's kind of out of style for the low-carb people. Oprah? If Oprah loves bread, people, you got to be eating bread, right? Uh, but one of the things before we get into our fresh bread for today, if you pull out your phone too, if you had your scriptures on it, and you go to August, get your phone out for August, August the 25th and the 26th is our um, Dreams and Dialogue weekend. So pull out your phone. This is the United States, 99% of people have phones with the calendar on it. And we want, this is like, we gather as a family a number of times of year, and this is like our state of the union. This is our, um, we continue to remind ourselves of the vision that the Lord has given us of who we're going to be in order to see his kingdom come, the invitation he's having to us to join him. And the thing with the church these days is that in, uh, we, we will not see what God is inviting us into really come to completion unless all of us are a part of it. It's an invitation for the whole church to be about it. So with that in mind, we need you at the Dreams and Dialogue weekend. We need your voice. We need your input. We need, we need your mind. We need your gifting. We need we get the faith that God is giving you. So we need to be together. That's August the 25th and the 26th. On the 25th, it's a 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. on that Saturday. We're going to gather. We're going to gather and worship and pray and talk about what the Lord is leading us into um, and what we think he's going to be leading into for the next season of time. And so, but we, we need you there. And then on Sunday, we're going to talk about it again. We're going to have a big picnic on Sunday afternoon to be family together. So that's the weekend of August the 25th and 26th. Please plan to be there. We're trying to give everybody a heads up so that if you are trying to make some plans and, and you have some freedom, you can adjust those in order to be with the church family. So, again, we're glad you're here. We have some fresh, somebody, would anybody like some bread? Oh. Dan, feel free to pass this around on this side. Uh, anybody on this side want some bread? Mike. Mike, feel free to hand that out to anybody. Here he comes. All right, so fresh bread, here we go. When I think about bread and Jesus and the scriptures, and so this is a series we're starting, so let me kind of set this off. Matthew 6, when Jesus taught his church to pray, so would you pray this with me? This might be one of the scriptures that you might know, right? So let's, let's pray this. Matthew 6. Now again, if you're wondering about what version we're doing, this is NIV, but the words are behind me. Let's pray this. This is the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Some call it the Our Father. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Some call it the Disciples' Prayer. It doesn't matter what you call it. What matters is that we engage in it, right? And so here's the prayer of Jesus. Would you pray this aloud with me? This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but to deliver us from evil. Amen. So, verse 11 of this. Give us today our daily bread. Jesus taught us to pray this. He taught us to pray this communally. He taught us to pray. These are the words he taught us to pray. Praying for daily bread. Now, when Jesus taught this prayer, I mean, I think literally he, he was talking about food, but, but he's talking about a daily call to God who's going to provide our needs to sustain us for today. That's the emphasis. Jesus taught a lot about this. God, give us what we need to sustain us today. Well, what about tomorrow? He will give you what you need to sustain you for tomorrow. What about next month? He will give what you need to sustain you for next month. But what he taught us was to pray, Father, give us today our daily bread. Now, this absolutely means food. Bread, bread in Hebrew is lechem. But when they talk about bread in Hebrew, they're talking about food. Their daily provision so it absolutely means food, but it absolutely means more than just bread. What do you need to be sustained? And if you know about the words of Jesus, it's much more than bread. So this is what we're going to talk about. We have this series called Daily Bread, where God is, is continuing to give us what we need to be sustained. And that is food. Give us today what we need, what sustains us. In Matthew 4, when Jesus was being tempted by the devil in the wilderness, once he became hungry, there was all these stones out there, and the devil approached him and said, what? Take these stones and turn them into bread. If you're the son of God, you can do this, which he could, right? There'd be bread provided for him. And Jesus, when he's being tempted in this desert, does what? He, he quotes from Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, where Israel's been reminded of how God provided for them of daily bread in the wilderness. But yet Jesus quotes this in Matthew 4 when he's being tempted. He answers, said, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So it's not just living with bread, but we're going to live by eating, consuming, being sustained from what comes out of God's mouth. Oh, that's where you find life. That's what the fresh bread is. Where God, he's beginning to sustain us what comes from him. Jesus himself, if you want to know his words of what he said when he was with his followers after he did this miraculous sign and he took the food of one person and he multiplied it to feed 5,000 with bread and fish. And after he had done that once, a huge crowd showed up and was like, oh man, I thought, me, here's, where's the food truck? We're going to get fed again. And they showed up for physical bread, but Jesus said this, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread. I'm the one who gives life. Matthew 6, 35, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. If you're looking for fresh bread, it's in me. I am it. And then Jesus goes into this really hard teaching in John 6 about eating the bread of life. He says, that's my flesh. You must drink my blood. And a number of his disciples fall away because they're not quite sure. They say this is a hard teaching. They don't really know what to do. 
And Jesus began to teach his disciples and a few words later, and, and as he's challenging them, he says, hey, the words that I have spoken to you, they're full of the spirit and life. So if we're looking to be sustained, and to be sustained by God, yeah, it's physical bread. There's food to nourish us. We need to be fed. And there's places where God continues to provide this physical food everywhere for people who need it daily. But if we're we're gonna live and be sustained, we need physical bread, but we also need bread of life. We need God to give us fresh bread from him. His words that pour upon us, the words of Jesus as we come to him and we feed on him. These are words that sustain us, that give us life, that move us, that heal us, that deliver us. And I believe they're meant to be, as Jesus encouraged his disciples to pray this, God, give us today our daily bread. They're meant to be given to you every day. I remember I was challenged by a teacher, a mentor, a disciple, a friend of mine. He said this, your birthright as a child of God, your birthright is to be able, is, is for God to speak to you. Your birthright is to hear from him. Your birthright is to eat of him, to be fed by him, the king of the universe, daily. Give us today our daily bread, the revelation that we need. Jesus is the bread of life, and I've come to give you life, and my words are spirit and life. And so in it, this Fresh Bread series is about fresh revelation, and we're going to invite different people from our community to come up and share the fresh revelation that they're experiencing from God. Built upon this, this fresh bread from God to sustain us. Because, see, words from God, fresh revelation from Him is just not for us. It's to be shared. It's to be used, and it's to, and it's to encourage others. So when Jesus prayed this prayer and taught His disciples to pray, give us today our daily bread, and you think about daily bread, they had to be thinking too of the time in the wilderness when God fed all the wandering nation of Israel when they wandered around in the desert. And daily, God gave them bread. This is in Exodus chapter 16. You can read the story that bread would rain down like dew in the night and it would cover the ground. And God encouraged the people as they were wandering in a desert where there is no food to lead thousands and thousands of people as they wandered. They wandered. They, They didn't have time to plant, to harvest. They wandered and God fed them daily. This bread from heaven And every day they would go out and they would gather up for their tent, their family. And they would gather it and they would make bread for it. And they would eat of it. But yet on the Sabbath, God encouraged them to go out and they would gather and say, but on the Sabbath, on Friday, you're going to gather two days worth. And that, that day will be preserved for you miraculously by God. So then on the Sabbath, which for them would have been Saturday morning, Friday night, but Saturday morning, they would not gather. They would not go out and get it. So in this text of Exodus 16, God was providing them for them daily that they would go out in the morning and they would gather bread. They would have to go. God provided it. It was there as his gift, but they had to step out and get it. Who provided it? God. Would they get it if they stayed in their tent and didn't search for it or didn't go out and grab it? No. No. It was a provision for them daily. And not only for them, but for their family. 
So when Jesus said, give us today our daily bread, boy, this is what we have. We have a God who provides for what we need every day still. Fresh bread. And so my encouragement is, are you taking him up on it? Are you receiving the life nourishment from God who loves you and has designed you to eat of him and have life? It's meant to be shared. I was meeting with a friend. Um, he's a retired pastor, and I was a part of this, and he comes in. He's like, Here, here's something I'm reading from the scripture, and he begins to share it with me. And I tell you what, when he was sharing it with me, it was life-giving bread for me as well. We're meant to share it. Now, are you living this way? And over this series, we're going to encourage people to share, but we want to encourage you to pursue the life-giving bread of God, the fresh bread that God has for you, knowing that he's going to give it. He's going to provide it. But we would just step out in the morning, the afternoon, and the evening and receive what he has provided for us. There's, there's another story in the scripture that I want to use because it, it may be actually the way we're living instead of receiving this fresh bread. It's actually kind of a crazy story. It's one of the stories where a, a woman who was not Jewish comes to Jesus to heal her daughter. And she's crying out to the disciples. She's like, Jesus, Jesus, heal my daughter. And he, and he kind of like ignores her. And so it's a, it's a tough passage, right? It's an interesting one. It's found in Matthew 15. She comes to him. She was a Canaanite woman. She's crying out, have mercy on me. My daughter's demon-possessed and suffering terribly. And, and Jesus doesn't answer a word. He stays quiet, which is unlike him, right? She continues to cry out, and the disciples are urging Jesus to send her away. And he speaks to her, and he says, hey, um, I've, I've been called for the lost sheep of Israel. This is, this is where the Father has directed me. And God was going to move through all the nations, but he, he was very specific to the lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus says this, and he says uh, in verse, I, he says that the woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. And she continued to cry out persistently. And he replies, it's not right to take the children's bread and, and toss it to the dogs. To take the children's bread and to toss it to the dogs. And the woman responds, yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And Jesus was moved by her faith and heals the daughter. So I'm not going to be teaching the context of this text, but, but this, this, that story kind of gripped me because I think that the majority of us, not um, the Canaanite woman, this is beautiful, her faith and her persistence, but a majority of us when it comes to eating the bread of God, the daily bread that was come to sustain us, we are living like this story Meaning that if there's bread, it's a crumb that falls down from the table on the ground and we, we feed on a crumb that comes ever so sparingly. That if we sense that God is speaking to us, it's, it's more rare than it is ongoing and every day. It feels more like the crumb that's barely for us. But yet, as Jesus was talking about this when he has children, they actually come to the table and eat. You're not the dog. And you're not eating crumbs. You are meant to eat at the table. All of us. And God has made that known for us. If it's his desire for, to see all children of his to return and come to his table and eat. So my question for us is this. Have you settled for crumbs? 
at the master's table, the father's table, when he's invited you to come to it and eat? Have you settled for little? May God stir our hearts in order to come to him for fresh bread. And so just for a few minutes, let me share um, a couple of the real quick fresh breads the Lord has given to me here recently. One of them has come in an image. It was a word from God and it came to me in an image and, and it actually came up because this image popped up when I was in therapy. I mean with a counselor and talking about a number of things in my life and, and, and he wrote about a path. Here's a picture, right? So I, this is the picture that I found for this. Um, can, you can see this field, right? And you can see the path in it. Right, that path in there, like a well-worn path. Now this can communicate a thousand different things and it communicates quite a bit to me personally in this stage of my life. The well-worn path. Now, now in this picture, a well-worn path, is this positive or is this negative? What do you think? It's both. <laughs> it depends on where the path's going, right? <laughs> It depends on where that well-worn path has been taking me. And for me, it's positive and it's negative. So the positive one in this well-worn path, because the words when I think about the well-worn path is these words of Jesus where he says, hey, come follow me. Continue to find this path with me. Walk this out, this well-worn path. And one of the paths I have is, is, is God willing as much as I can in the morning to pursue him, right? To receive from him that daily bread and to find mechanisms for that and to find room in order to receive the grace that God has for me on this well-worn path of, hey, walk after me. Walk after me in the disciplines and receive this. I have words of life for you. So when the path is leading us to Jesus, and when the path is leading us to life-giving practices, that's a good path. It's a very good, well-worn path. Do you have those? And if not, we can begin to make these well-worn, gracious paths that we, that we go to. A path in the morning to open the scriptures or to um, some sort of reading plan that we go into. But not all well-worn paths are positive. I have some that are not positive. I have some well-worn paths that I, that I have walked them so often that's what's there. And yet Jesus has been inviting me somewhere else. I'm taking that path. Do you know what those are for you? Right? You, you've gotten a habit. And in that habit, it makes it so much easier to actually to go around and take the well-worn path. That's not actually leading you life. It's actually leading you away from it. And that's what happens. That's what well-worn paths do. It makes it a little bit easier to, to traverse. But when that path is not leading you to life, it still sometimes is really easy to just continue to take it. And I have these. I have these well-worn paths. I mean, one thing for my counseling, I have, I have a well-worn path around my wife when it comes to having intimacy with her, right? I have these paths that I've had because I've been married 15 years. Do you know how easy it is to get into patterns of disengagement, right? Anybody been married for more than a year or a month? And you know that you can have patterns of not truly being intimate and engaging, Right? I have these well-worn paths where you just kind of get used to it. And yet, you know you're being invited 
to not walk that normal path. Jesus is inviting me to life, right? He's inviting me to life in my marriage. He's saying, no, no, I got, a, I got a richer path for you. Engage. Share your heart. Tell her what you're feeling and you're thinking. Tell her how what you're encountering. Share those fears. And yet I have the well-worn path, right, where any, anything can distract me just to walk the, the, the way of least engagement, right? And so the well-worn path, this image, is driving me positively in both ways. It speaks to me. I have some where I hear Jesus invite me, walk that well-worn path of pursuing me. And other ones where it's saying, oh, get off that well-worn path. Because it's not me. And these have been words of life for me. So I've been, that, that has been something that I continuously think about. This path of which one am I on? Am I walking the path of least resistance when Jesus is inviting me on a different one? Or am I continuing to walk out the patterns where he's actually invited me on these normal patterns that I need in my life? And so he continues to give me this in order to move my heart towards life, which is to him. One of the things as I was reading in the scriptures and just trying to, be, trying to share that the, my own weaknesses and have Jesus lead me to life in all areas of my life, I was reading in Matthew 26. I have a daily reading plan, right? And this was a real significant one for me that came up. And I've been, and, and in those times, you know, I'm, I'm mindful of those areas where I long for Jesus to shape, and, and, but I'm also open to whatever he wants to speak in the morning. And this was in Matthew 26. And it was the story of a woman coming to anoint Jesus' feet. And she came before his death, and she had this bottle of perfume, right? This is found in Matthew 26, if you want to read it a little bit later. And she was one who didn't have the greatest reputation. And when Jesus was hanging out in Bethany, which was one of his favorite places to go, she takes this jar of a very expensive perfume, and she anoints Jesus. Right? She pours it upon him. So it pours it on his head and anoints him. And the disciples, as they saw it, they're like, this is wasteful, right? Why the waste? What a dumb decision. That, that was their response, right? Um, and they're like, boy, there's a thousand different things that could have been done with this move than the one that you've made, this woman made. How foolish of her to do this. A Jesus who... It's, right, it's, just, it's understood, right? Jesus is awesome, right? Unlike anyone else. He responds this way. Why are you bothering this woman? <laughs> what are you doing? And here's what she says to her. She has done a beautiful thing to me. And he, then he corrects them about the poor And he says that when she poured this perfume on him, she did it to prepare him for his burial. And he says these words. He says, I tell you the truth, wherever the gospels preach throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So I'm reflecting upon this text, and it grabbed my attention. And, you know, when you're reading the scriptures, um, you're reading them, but you need to allow the scriptures to kind of read you, right? Their, Their spirit and their life. Right? Jesus' words, and these are actually Jesus' words. Spirit and life. 
We allow the Spirit of God to meet us, and we begin to ask questions, and we say, what? And so the text began to mess with me. It, it, it just wasn't just sort of, it was, it was grabbing me, and I began to underline things in it, and I began to underline the, the phrase, why this waste? This is wasteful. And I was struck by this woman in doing so, and yet Jesus says, she's done this for me. And this will not be forgotten ever. Ever. Even though everyone else might see what she's done and say, that was stupid. Jesus says, I will never forget what she has done. And it was beautiful. So that stuck out to me, right? And then it was like, boom. The freshness of the word being to cut not only through the story, but into my own life, into the wife of my, li- my wife. And all of a sudden, it comes crashing in. Because we've made some decisions in the last six months that we've had people come up and said, that was stupid. <laughs> what are you doing? You're making a bigger deal out of nothing. We, we, we moved, right? We, we, we moved. And some say, what's the big deal for moving? Uh, we moved from Royal Oak and we moved to Oak Park. We're like, what's the big deal for moving to Royal Oak to Oak Park, right? You're saying, who cares, right? We, we moved from a predominantly white neighborhood to a predominantly black neighborhood because my son is black, right? We, we did that in order to give him a racial mirror, right? Because we were hearing that this was good for him. And yet, that offended some people that we were being, I don't know, anti, we were being reverse racist or something. We were racist against white people. That, that's what was said about us, right? It, and, and, and it was people that close, and, I, and there's actually been people who left the church because of it, for moving, right? And you're kind of like, what? Doak Park? Does anybody really care? Do not to love our son, right? But, but yet when you say that, and it, it begins to kind of hurt, right? But in this text, Jesus began to speak into this, into this yet it seems silly, but yet it was one of these things that they were hurting us, right? We don't, we don't know. Any of you as your parents when you make decisions for your kids? Do any of you think you really know what you're doing? No. Right? You don't know what you're doing. I don't know what we're doing. We're doing it because we love them. We want to do what's best for them. As Jesus continues to invite us in it with them, right? Not completely out of fear, but out of a good for their future and for what God is preparing for them. So I heard this. Here's what the Lord began to speak to me. As people say, that's a needless decision. Why the waste for moving? You didn't need to do that. Then Jesus spoke into it. And he said this. She has done a beautiful thing for me. So I called my wife immediately, and I'm like, look, Carmel, this is, this is a word that was shared with me, but I think it's for you too. And I was like, you have done a beautiful thing. That we would, we would move anywhere that Jesus told us to do for the good of our family or for whatever his purposes were. We would do it. Even if it was the most wasteful decision, we do it in heartbeat, right? But Jesus spoke into that and says, oh, it's beautiful to me. And what you have done in love will not be forgotten. I 
That was fresh bread that breathed upon us life. And so I share it because I don't think it's just bread for me or for my wife Carmel. I think it's just bread for a lot of us. I know a lot of you are making decisions for children that may not even be your own by birth. And some people may even question what you're doing. Maybe not to your face, behind your back, saying, what are you doing? Why the waste? And Jesus speaks in loud and clear, I see, and it's beautiful to me. When you serve your kids, when you lay your life down for children, it is beautiful to me. Jesus said, when you care for a child, you're caring for who? When you welcome them in my name, who are you welcoming? Anybody know what Jesus said? He says, you're welcoming him. I have seen what you've done, and it is beautiful to me. So I would see the Knack family back in there, and this is a family who is like going for it, right? Going for it. Making decisions to foster little infants, and you've got two of them back in your hands. You've got your hands full right at this moment, and Kelly's back there also trying to throw up slides at the same time, right? You guys are crazy. They're laying their life down. They want children. The Lord has not opened the womb. But yet they take in these children as foster kids. They want them to remain in their home. There's no guarantee of that. And I'm sure you've had people who have said things or are watching you and saying, this is stupid. You're going to get hurt. You're going to, right? They're going to speak all this crap upon you and all this fear. And you're probably thinking all the same things too, right? Because we're weak and we don't know what we're, you know, we don't know anything. And we're scared people. But I know for sure Jesus is saying this. This is beautiful to me. Whew, right? Agree, church? And he says this, and I will never forget it. Does that fuel your heart to love differently? (laughs) Does that awaken you to obey him as he invites you to lay down your life in other ways. Absolutely. When Jesus speaks that word over you and say, this is beautiful to me, keep going. It's hard, it's beautiful to me, keep going, and I will not forget it. And I, I look out among you as, as people who have kids or those of you don't, and, but I, I know that's what your lives are about, about laying your lives down. You want to be on that journey. And it is beautiful. That was the fresh bread that I received from Matthew 26. That brought life, right? And it was fresh bread for that day. And every day the Lord has fresh bread. And he's given more. May you find it too. May you find it. And may you share it those words of life that come. It's meant to sustain us for the journey we are on. And we all need to be sustained. So, takeaway, here's what I want to invite you into with me. Hey, let's receive the fresh bread from the Lord. 
Let's believe there's more for us. There's more revelation. There's more words of encouragement for us, our family, our extended family, our neighbors. And when God gives you something, share it. Let it multiply. Share it with somebody else. It doesn't have to be perfect. It could be one word. It could be a picture. Share it. Let God multiply it. Do you remember I I opened with this? Jesus, when he fed the 5,000, he didn't pull that bread and fish out of nowhere. He took it from one person's meal. And he fed a multitude with it. So that one word that God gives you, share it. Share it in a small group. I don't care. Share it on Facebook. Somebody might think you're stupid. Probably. (laughs) But... We, we, we know the life that God has given. So share what the Lord is, is speaking with you. And when others are hearing about it, receive it from them because it could be for you. It could be for you. It could give you heart. It could give you heart life. As the words of Jesus are spirit and life. Receive them. Look for it. Hunger for it. Believe it's for you. If you feel malnourished and you've been eating crumbs, believe there is more for you. This is not what it's meant to be. Step outside and receive what the Lord has for you to give you life. There's more. So, to take this analogy in a, and run with it even further, here are the local bakeries that you could go to. This is not extensive. This is just a few I know of, right? Here's some bakeries. So, um, I know people who use the firstfive.org. It's an app. And when it says the first five, it literally means five minutes is what this can take you through. Some scriptures, some worship and stuff. It's called the firstfive.org. And if you have no well-worn path, right, that actually leads you to Jesus to eat of that bread, you don't got that well-worn path, maybe that's a good one. Five minutes, right? And it, it's one that says, oh, I actually know where to go, right? Instead of like, Well, what do I do? Do I just take the Bible and open up a page and begin to read? I mean, you can, but man, that's really dangerous because there's some really weird stuff in here. And you hit the wrong spot without a guide or without some help. It's going to freak you out, right? But God loves you and he has bread for you. And so I I think that maybe there might be some other ways that might be more beneficial. So first five, that's a great one. I know people do it. It's five minutes, right? So Maybe you're like, five minutes, I can do better than that. Then there's first 15. (laughs) What do you think that one means? It's about 15 minutes, right? You're like, I got 15 minutes. And so this one leads into some scripture, and it also has a worship song, right, that they can play, and you can worship to it, and then it leads you into some reflective and some prayer stuff. I I, I do this one, first 15. It's good, right? It's, it's, it's really good. It kind of leads me. It led me in some ways in this morning about even taking a dream that I had that God had given me and began to give words to it from being in the scriptures. It was bread for me on that day. I like it was Wednesday. So verse 15 is another one. If those sound a little bit too, like you, you, um, you don't want something. Oh, another one is called Jesus Calling. There's a book, there's an app, there's a daily devotional. Um, and it's like just the words of Jesus and it's, it's words of Jesus just speaking into you. I have it on my phone. It takes like two minutes to read, right? I, I read that one um, as well. I'll just kind of, in different times when I'm gonna spin my mind onto Jesus, I'll just pop it open and read it. That, that's another one. Um, 
the, the, another practice that I do is called the Moravian text. This is what we do with our staff team. This is just a reading plan. It just lists scriptures. So if you're just like, you know what, I'm, I'm not looking for something as guided. I'm just looking for somebody who can show me some places in the Bible just to have a steady pattern, a steady habit, a well-worn path just to get me in the scriptures. And so that one, if you, if you read them all, it would take you probably 10 minutes, but it's like three different readings in the scriptures. And some of them feel like bread, and other of them just feel like you're reading, right? Like they hit and they, and they don't, but I, but I go to it expecting to hear from God. And I say, oh, Lord, I'm here. Oh, open me to your word. So the Moravian.org, that is a daily reading plan that they have. The Moravians, who were super cool missionaries, laying their hearts out for people, very cool history. They've got a reading plan. That's one I do. There's a, and then the last one is this one called YouVersion.com. Um, there's a group of people who just were like, hey, cell phones are awesome. Smartphones are awesome. We should, we'll put the Bible on there. We'll put every available translation that you want to find in there. And then they put reading plans on there. Thousands of them, right? That's another pattern that you could step into if you're looking for a well-worn plan, the, the YouVersion. It's a Bible to have on your phone. It will give you daily verses to give you this well-worn path, Right? So there's some local bakeries, and there's thousands of other ones. These are the ones that I know of, that, that I use, um, and, and, and have used, and I know that it's a, there's some different progressions if you're like, yeah, let me, let me get some fresh bread. So, that's what we have today. May you go and eat. May you, may you be well fed of Jesus. Why? Because he loves you. And he has words of life for you. And when Jesus gives words of life for you, they're not only for you. They're meant to spill over. And defeat others. May you hear the Father calling you to eat. To eat. To eat. And as you do, may God be gracious to you. And surprise you as you actually hear him whisper to you. And if you've never done that before, if you've never felt like you've heard him in the scriptures, may he surprise you and meet you. Whether it be in your dreams, at a counseling session, listening to another friend talk about the scriptures, or in your own readings yourself. So Father, we praise you that you are the living God, active, and that you're a good father your good father, you feed your children. You know how to feed us for what we need today. You know how to give us what we need to be sustained for the journey that we're on today. And some of us are on some hard journeys. Hard journeys. But you know how to give us what we need. You do not withhold. Thank you, God. So we pray, God. So today, would you feed us with what we need? Sustain us with what we need to walk out this life, to join with you. Feed us, Lord, that we could say yes to you in this life. And that we could experience the fullness of this life that you've invited us to. So Holy Spirit, come and breathe a willingness, God, on your children to come sit at your table, 
God, for those of us where it's been a long time and we've just been getting crumbs wherever they fall down here and there, God, would you awaken a hunger, a willingness, a desire for more, more of you to enter your work, to enter, to eat of your food. So Holy Spirit, come and birth this hunger and a desire. You know how to satisfy us, so come, Lord. We pour out your blessing, God, upon your family, your sons and daughters today. And over this Memorial Day weekend, God, thank you for letting us be here and with you. Pray in the name of Jesus, our Messiah and Lord and Savior. Amen. Church, thanks for being with us over Memorial Day weekend. Have a great weekend. Next Sunday, we're going to start in the fresh bread, and people are just going to be sharing fresh bread. And so if you've got something fresh, and you don't believe you've got somebody to share it with, man, email me. Text it to me. I want to hear it. And uh, have a great Sunday. Sound good?